Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I, and sometimes Kelly, are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know some love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whichever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. We are on the July 31st episode. Uh, We are in Judges, Acts, and Jeremiah. We haven't moved since last week, or at least changed out of the books. We've definitely moved into some pretty great stories. Mm -hmm. I actually read too far in Judges because I got sucked in. Yes. I I thought the same thing. I was like, I shouldn't stop. I should finish Samson. Yeah, I didn't finish. I stopped it. I only went a chapter ahead, so I didn't finish all of Samson. But Judges is one of those books where it's like, where it's like, man, I should know a lot of this stuff, but it's like I'm reading it for the first time. I feel like if slash when we ever do a dive study on Judges, it's going to kind of be like Ruth for me because it's all really familiar. Like these yeah. are all a lot of these are Sunday school stories. Yeah, to me. exactly. And yet there's way more than. Yeah scratch of the surface, that knowledge that I have about it. Yes. Let's just start in Judges. Let me flip to it. All these like women heroes. There's so many women heroes in Judges. Mm -hmm. Abimelech goes to take a whole bunch of cities. He wants to take over the world. And he comes to a place where he's going to burn this tower that all of the people have climbed up to the tower, uh, to the roof of. And he gets as far as the tower and a woman drops an anvil on his head and crushes mm-hmm. his skull. And then he asks one of his soldiers to thrust a sword in so he doesn't he doesn't get dive. killed by a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally think it counts that he was killed by a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna count that one. Yes. And then the next one, there's a judge after him, Jair. And then Jephthah's story. Jephthah? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, Jephthah. That's how I've always heard it. So again, God picks the son of a whore. Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. And like, he even is like, seriously, you sent me out. Like, didn't you hate me and drive me out? Yeah. Why are you? Yeah. All of his brothers drove him out because they didn't want to co, they didn't want to be a co-heir with him Mm -hmm. because he was the, he was a bastard child of a whore. And so Mm -hmm. he goes out and collects a bunch of riffraff to run in the mountains with them. And then God chooses him. Um, how did they, how did they know? The people made him their leader. Yeah. Oh, he says, cause they're asking him to fight with them. And he's kind of like, why are you asking me to fight with you now? You didn't want me to before. Yeah. And he says, if the Lord, I'll, I'll come with you to fight the Ammonites. And if the Lord gives them to me, then I'll be your leader, um, which is what happens. Yeah. Sort of like a fleece. If I win, yeah. I'll be your leader. If I don't, he just seems amazing to me. That he didn't just write them off in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And he's so, yeah. like, he's faithful in the way that he goes about taking back the Israelite people from these countries. And his beautiful attempt at diplomacy, 14 through 27, he basically goes to them and he's like, we've been good to you and we haven't bothered you. Like, why are you picking a fight with me? He's trying to avoid war first, which mm-hmm. I love. Like, you don't see that happen very often. Mm-hmm. So he's a fantastic diplomat and they're basically like nope we're we're doing this and then it says god's spirit came on him and he did he basically wins but he makes a vow yes he totally tanks in the end yeah 
taking which is this is what's been happening over and over like they tank in the end almost every time yeah but here's so so here's where we go come back to that like god's sovereignty his plan our our choices our choices it's one of those Mm -hmm. like he makes a vow yeah Right. But the first person what? that comes out, the first thing that comes out of his house, mm-hmm. he will sacrifice for God. I don't know what he was expecting. Was he expecting Which, like his dog right. to come greet him when he came home? Or like, what was yes. he expecting? Because his daughter, his one and only daughter. Who he loves. Who he loves dearly comes out and greets him and he starts weeping. I have to sacrifice you now. And she's like, okay, that's cool. Okay. Do what God tells you to do. Just give me a few months to like mourn the fact that I'll never marry and have sex. Right. Let me just go hang out with my girls for a couple months. But here's the thing. Tell me. God never told him. God never told him to do like this is last week in Jeremiah. This was in our Jeremiah reading last. Nope. The week before. Okay. It's in 19, which we didn't read this week. We read the week before. And this was a section that I underlined then. At the beginning of 19, they go and buy a jar and they break it. Okay, hold on. Let me see. They have abandoned me. They've made this a foreign place. They've burned incense in it to other gods. They filled this place with the blood of the innocent. They built high places to Baal on which to burn their children in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal. Something I have never commanded or mentioned. I never entertained the thought. Mm. That's what God says. Mm-hmm. And so that, That's like, as, soon as I read this about Jephthah, I'm like, all of this is coming from these pagan nations that Israel has immersed themselves in. Like God has never asked them to sacrifice. And that's where I'm kind of like, well, anything could have come running out of his house. God's sovereignty. So maybe he's just dumb. Is that what what do you mean? I, who is, you're saying like God sent the dog out of the house instead of, I mean, I, I like, I read it and I'm like, this doesn't, why did God do that? Except to like, and then did he have to fulfill that vow? Like with that? I don't think he did. Like this is, I don't. So <laughs> I'm looking at this from the other end. Like you're, which I feel like we're kind of swapping roles right here. But like Jephthah is an idiot. I look at this and I'm like, what? why? Why did would you say that? that? Obviously, I feel like it reveals something about his heart. Hey there. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know that if you're enjoying our reading plan, but you're looking to dive deeper into the text using the Bible as your source, you would love our dive studies. When you become a member of Dive Collective, you get access to all of our interactive group studies. We begin the book of Mark on August 11th. We'll dive deep into one chapter per week. You'll have the opportunity to participate in live online video discussion with Annika and I and the rest of the Bible study group. Our next studies begin August 11th, so be sure to sign up at divecollective.org before we start. We would love to study with you soon. Even like in earlier times with the Israelites after God gave them the law, bringing unauthorized sacrifices was worse or just as bad as not offering a sacrifice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Jephthah is kind of like wanting to do it his own way, it feels like to me, that he's rather than worshiping God the way God has instructed them to worship God. He makes this crazy vow that, like you said, what did he expect to come out of his house? Most likely it's going to be a person, which was never part of God's plan for sacrifice. You know, it's funny because being able to relate to this, it's funny. So at one point, for those of you who don't know, I made this crazy, ridiculous vow to give up coffee. I, I had like struggled with this 
very small sacrifice for years before I was finally like, God, let me out of this crazy vow. And then he kind of taught me this lesson about how we're not supposed to make vows in the first place. You saying like, it reveals something about his heart is, I mean, I can relate to that. So what did that reveal about my heart that I felt like I needed to make that vow in the first place? And really it was about trying to prove to God that I loved him, like Mm -hmm. that I could love him as much as he was worthy of being loved which we cannot do. That is not something that we can do. We can never love Mm -hmm. God enough. There's not enough love to equal God's love or to show or to prove anything about ourselves. The whole point is that he proves himself and we let him do that in our lives again and again and again. So anyway, Mm -hmm. like if I look at that, that's, I mean, that's exactly what I see Jeffa doing is basically like, if you do this, I'll prove that I love you Mm -hmm. and I'm grateful to you to the point that I will sacrifice whatever comes out of my, well, the first thing that comes out of my house. Just a silly prideful. There's probably pride wrapped up in that, but just an unawareness of how incapable we are. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's an ignorance. It's ignorance. It's, it's just such a sad story. It's a really mm-hmm. sad story when I look at it. And, but then I look at the, the faithfulness of his daughter. I think about Isaac going up on that mountain with Abraham. This is a totally different kind of story because God called Abraham to take his son to sacrifice him, which was never his intent. Which, right, which was, words, it was almost like proving scripture. this was never, that was not a, yes, yes. it was, was not about my that. Intent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then this young girl is like, do what you have to do. I can't quite, I just can't wrap my head around that story. That story is just going to have to be too big for me for a while. I think it just makes me really sad. Mm-hmm. So it that's does. that story, which is crazy. What's the story that comes after that? Is that Samson? Oh, Oh, this is another Sunday school. Yes. Shibboleth and Sibboleth. I remember. I can like hear my dad. Well, both of my parents, like I can hear this story coming from their mouths. So tell the story. And let me see if I can get the characters right. Um, This is still Jephthah. And the Ephraimites are angry with him because he goes out to fight the Ammonites, but doesn't invite them to come and help him basically. So they're going to, they're mad at Jephthah and they want to burn him. So Jephthah basically explains himself. When I called for you, you didn't deliver me from their power. When I saw you weren't going to deliver me, I took my life in my own hands and crossed over to the Ammonites and the Lord handed them over. So he's basically saying, well, it's actually your fault because I asked for you and you didn't come. Then Jephthah gathers his guys and they fight and defeat the Ephraimites. And then they they capture part of the Jordan to go into Ephraim. So then they're they're watching for Ephraimite fugitives Mm -hmm. in the hills, and they don't want them to cross over into their own land. So the trick or the way they figure out if they're Ephraimites or not is by the way they pronounce this word. So that was like the password to get across the river, across. This is the way that I imagine it. I imagine it being like somebody from Spain looking, if we can say, then we must be. (laughs) That's totally how I picture it too. Like there was something in their speech that they couldn't pronounce it. Right. Separate them. Interesting. Right. In their language. Yeah. And so um, the guards, the Gileadite guards would ask them if they were an Ephraimite. And if they said no, then they would have to prove it by saying Shibboleth. And if they couldn't pronounce the sh and they said instead Sibboleth, then they killed them because they knew they they were in Ephraim. Then we get three basically unnamed judges, Ibzan, Elon, and Abdon. Mm-hmm. And then we get Samson. And again, the angel of God comes to Samson's mom first, tells her she's pregnant. 
she was barren and he comes and tells her that you're going to have a son. I love, I don't, I would love to know what your words are because there's a couple places where in verse six through seven, it says, the woman went to her husband and said, a man of God came to me. He looked like an angel of God, terror laced with glory. I Mine love is awe inspiring, but yes, I love that too. Terror laced with glory. Man, Eugene, you're amazing. Yeah, he's man. Got away with words. So then, okay, one of the things that I loved about this story, we're just getting into Samson's story in Judges. We don't finish it this week. The angel goes to the woman and she comes back and tells her husband. And I love this. The husband's like, praise God, master, let the man of God you sent come to us again and teach us how to raise this boy who is to be born. I love that. I don't know Mm -hmm. why I love that. It's like his recognition that like all of this is supernatural. Yeah. And I'm going to need help. And so we're going to need help for all of this. Yes. I just love that. And also, I don't know that he fully understood. He didn't understand that it was actually the angel of God Mm -hmm. that it appeared because he sees him later. figures it out. Rise up into the sacrifice. He rises up to heaven, ascends into heaven with the sacrifice totally reeking of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when he says, we've seen God, we're going to die. And the woman is like, we can't die. I have, I have the gift. You're missing the point. All <laughs> oh, the women, the women are just like, why have I never read this this way before? It's so great. She's like, we, we're not going to die. We're Right. And she's like, if we were going to die, this, that would have already happened. Like we would already be dead. She literally said that. It. Yeah. If God were planning to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted our whole burnt offering and grain offering or revealed all these things to us. Giving yeah. us this birth announcement. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote this wife rocks next. Week. Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. Are you the man who spoke with my wife? 11. Yes. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I just like how he's a little bit, there's like this little bit of possessiveness there. Like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Oh, Are you the one who's been bugging my wife? What does your response say? What does the, the angel say? The angel? Mm-hmm. He just says, I am. I am. I love that. I oh, that. I see. Interesting. Yeah. So he said, I am. And the other thing that stood out, to, I didn't, I don't know that I've ever read the story of the, the wife. Yes. All of the things that happened surrounding that. Yes. I don't know what your Bible says. So in verse three and four, what does yours say? Um, But his father and mother said to him, can't you find a young woman among your relatives or among any of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines for a wife? But Samson is like, nope, she's the one. She's the, she's the one I want. She's the right one. So what's so fascinating about this, this is like another example of God breaking the box, right? Because he's a Nazarite. He's, he can't have anything unclean. So he can't have a Philistine wife. That's not even... That is not allowed. <laughs> so yes. his parents are like, but at the same time, he's filled with the spirit. He's a Nazarite. So when Samson says, this is the one for me, they have to go, are you sure? Well, you know what I mean? They have to kind of be like, are you sure? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't fit with God's box. But at the same they time, you're the one. You're the one that knows what God wants. He's filled you with his Holy Spirit. And so what does verse four say? In my yours? verse four says his father and mother had no idea that God was behind this, that he was arranging an opportunity against the Philistines at the time the Philistines lorded it over Israel. 
Mm -hmm. So even in that, like Samson, I don't even think, I mean, I suppose it's possible that Samson knew it was from the Lord, but I don't don't think think he he did. did. I think this was Samson just being human and not making the best choice, but it's still fulfilling this plan. See, I don't know. Like, okay. So yeah. So what I'm saying is, yeah, I agree. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Samson knew it was God's will. I think Samson being a Nazarite and it showing that he kind of grew up, the spirit of God began working in him while he was staying at Danite camp, which this happens. It says that before this whole thing happens, which makes me think that when Samson says, that's the girl for me, his parents must've been like, are you sure? Like, I can't, they had to question it because this guy Mm -hmm. knows God, like he's, Mm -hmm. He's filled with God's spirit. So I'm not saying necessarily that Samson even knew. I definitely think his parents questioned it. But I would imagine that knowing who he was, according to what the angel had told them, they had to be mm-hmm. like, I mean, if you say so, I guess this is what we're right. going to do kind of thing. Even though like it does, none of this looks right to us. Yep. Which it was just probably weird. a mix. Yeah. It was probably a mix of like, well, we know what the angel said to us, so we better do it like we have to do what Samson's saying. And yet the other opposite side of that, like, oh no, he's straight. Like he's gone, he's going yeah, down the wrong, you know what I mean? can't do anything like, unclean which, and this is unclean. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. making the wrong choice. Like how, which one do we listen to? Yeah. But they were right to listen to him mm-hmm. because they listened to him. God was at work in the midst of this broken box. Mm-hmm. And I just, God's breaking his box. I just love mm-hmm. that. Rather than pushing us to question and doubt, it should push us to more faith. Oh, yeah. That God is like, sovereign over all of it. That yes. he's in control. That even in our, yes. even if it is a mistake, even he in can our, still fulfill his plans. Like, yes. He yes. can redeem it. Yeah. Yes. So Ruth and Boaz is what I wrote right next to that part where yeah. his father and mother had no idea that God was behind this, that he was arranging an opportunity against the Philistines. Like Ruth just happening to be in Boaz's mm-hmm. field or Ruth being a Moabitess, like he's, that was intentional that Boaz mm-hmm. is falling in love with. Very, yeah. very cool. I just love God. I love seeing him just be like, no, no, you can't. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. And then sometimes I'm going to tell you to do something that's totally not. Right. To me, it's proof that God is God and I am not. Yes. Just when we think that we, oh, I get it. I get, I get how he works. I get what he's doing. He's like, no, you don't. Yes. You can't even come close to comprehending yes. what I do and what I know and what I see. Because and how it, I yes, because I love to surprise you. I love to surprise yeah. you. It's my favorite thing in the world is to surprise you. So cool. So yeah, then I was picturing then the image of the um, lion. He goes and kills a lion and opens him up with one hand. He comes back later just to see his destruction and finds there's honey in it. <laughs> even that, like. Oh, there's something good out of what that is. So I can picture, I don't know what children's Bible we must've had, but there is a picture of Samson eating honey out of a lion in my brain. (laughs) So funny. Uh, Okay. So let's move on. Can we skip Uh Jeremiah? (laughs) Let me just skim through. Actually, I wrote a lot in Jeremiah. Oh, really? I, I mean, well, I, it's the same. I feel like it is the same, 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 same. It's the same. Just, or Isaiah and Jeremiah. Well, and even all of the Old Testament with the Israelite, you guys are choosing. Mm-hmm. 
In 25, I've spoken to you time and time again, but you've not obeyed. The Lord sent all his servants, the prophets, to you time and time again, but you've not obeyed or even pay attention. He announced, turn each of you from your evil way of life and from your evil deeds. Live in the land the Lord gave to you and your ancestors long ago and forever. Do not follow other gods. Do not anger me by the work of your hands, then I will do you no harm, but you have not obeyed me. And with the result that you have angered me by the work of your hands and brought disaster on yourselves. Over and over and over, like this over idea that we're bringing disaster on them. They're bringing disaster on themselves. But just before that, in chapter 24, God says... I will keep my eyes on them for their good and will return them to this land. I will build them up and not demolish them. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God because they will return to me with all of their heart. That's what stuck out to me in Jeremiah. So Acts, every, everything is underlined. So much. If I were to just pick one thing from Acts this week, it would be... The meeting between Paul and James and like I don't before the know. Jerusalem Council. Yeah, the Jerusalem Council. I can't figure out the way that Paul accounts for it in Galatians. It's 17 years after his conversion. Um, so it's three years. He goes up to Peter and he spends 15 days with them. And then 14 years later, he goes up and he's like, I'm teaching no circumcision. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if... I think actually Melissa asked me that and I said, well, it doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense with the timeline, but I mean, Acts covers a whole lot of time. Yes. I was, so, this was something I really, I wanted a map while, while I'm reading Acts. Yeah. And I, I actually, I wanted that for Jeremiah too, all the Kings and all the, how, cause yeah. they kind of overlap, but I want a giant timeline map with characters and places and so that I can keep it all straight. 15 verse 1. It wasn't long before some Jews showed up from Judea insisting that everyone be circumcised. If you're not circumcised in the Mosaic fashion, you can't be saved. Paul and Barnabas were up on their uh, feet at once in the fierce protest, and the church decided to resolve the matter by sending Paul, Barnabas, and a few others to put it before the apostles and leaders in Jerusalem. So then they're all kind of going through, and there's Pharisees that have been converted that are like, absolutely, they definitely need to be circumcised. And then James breaks the silence Um, when they're trying to figure this out and he basically says listen Simeon has told us the story of how God at the very outset made sure that racial outsiders were included this is in perfect agreement with the words of the prophets they're going back to the old testament to talk about like how this was God said it now and he's doing it it's no afterthought he's always known he was going to do this I love that and Mm -hmm. um, and that's how they basically decide okay you don't have to but here's the two things that you have to do because in order to keep kindness, congeniality is what mine says, between the Jews and the Gentile believers was that they had to guard their morality of sex and marriage and to not serve mm-hmm. food that's offensive to Jewish Christians. 16, Timothy is circumcised. So Okay, the, I have, I'm so bothered by that. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I'm so mad at Paul. And I know, like, I need to dig into it, but I, like, I'm reading this and I'm like, both of those things are taking, because then Paul also is talking about how you can eat the foods of other gods. God does not fit into a box. There are times to do the things that he says, and there are times to do the things that he says that are different than the things that he said. (laughs) Yeah. I just, this, as soon as I read that, I was like, what? Like, I, I yeah, I was so mad. I've always been 
hardcore team Paul, but I'm not so sure anymore <laughs> that I need to do some stuff because it says Paul wanted Timothy to go with him. So he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. Okay. So this is the issue though. You yeah. read, is it like first and second, first or second Corinthians where that whole weaker brother yeah. idea, which is probably one of the things in scripture that makes me cringe more than anything else. And I know that sounds probably super crazy, but the fact that God wants us to cater to other believers yes. in their, our friends. Um, yes, yes, makes me really angry. Like I don't I, like <laughs> being completely honest. Like I really, really don't like that. And I think that's what happens it's a here. Really like that's hard... why Paul's having Timothy do it. Yeah. And I get it's love. It's loving your brother to some believers. I think freedom feels like a yoke, almost like these Jews are new believers and they cannot comprehend the fact that it's okay to not be circumcised. It's too much too soon. Almost. I mean, that's why Paul does it. Like that's why Paul has Timothy circumcised because they're going to these Jews and Paul knows that for whatever reason, this is going to be really hard pill for them to swallow. Yes. And it's, I get it. It, it's a hard pill for me to swallow. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. So what you're saying is so good. You're so right. But there is a place that whole weaker brother concept is, is oh, weaker brother geared to believers. That's kind of what I'm talking yes. about. And I'm kind of lumping this yes. Timothy circumcision issue into that is because you're they're right. going to churches, like Two the churches were strengthened in faith. Right. So it's one thing to give up your freedoms reach people for the gospel. That's yes. complete in my mind. Yes. That is totally different than giving up your freedoms to a believer who's going to be offended by it. That, yes. that is what is a burr under my saddle. And I can't, I don't, it's truth. It's kind of a section that I usually just kind of skim over and avoid because I don't want to deal with it. And I want to, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> that is the hardest thing that I, as a believer should cater because that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm catering to people who are already believers and should know better. That's yeah. the whole yes. <laughs> Well, that's the recap. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth dive studies where we model our process of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org under the studies tab. And we will see you next week.